welcome. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this weekend. For all y'all in our Waukesha campus, our Pewaukee campus, or joining us online. We're so glad that you could make it uh, and spend time with us this weekend as we continue this Hills We Die On series. As Ben kicked us off last week, and if you missed any of the messages, you can just jump online and, and catch up. We're going through this series called Hills We Die On, looking at, at what Ben said. These are, these, are, these are our core, right? These are the core values. These are things that, that we as a church are going to say, hey, hey, we're going to prioritize these. We, we value these. We're going we're to put a lot of energy, a lot of focus into these things. We, we gather them from, from Scripture as we look at the early church in Acts and Acts and, and try to model some things after them. And this week, I want us to get vulnerable. You're like, oh gosh. I want us to get a little real. I want us to be honest about some things with ourselves a couple months ago, I, I took the trash out. It's about 9.30 p.m. And our trash is set up. Uh, you got the dumpster and a, a dumpster for recycling, a dumpster for trash, and right and left. And then in it, it they're inside this wooden gate, right? So you got to approach the gate, open it, yada, yada. You get it. So I'm approaching and I hear some movement from beyond the gate, okay? I pause. I assess the parameters, assess our situation here. And then I proceed with caution, okay, wisely. As I open the gate, pop open the dumpster with, you know, some trash in each hand, a raccoon pops out of the dumpster and looks right at me, dead in the eyes. And I think he said something to me too, some mean words. But I look, and, and now, I am terrified of raccoons, like deathly afraid, like fetal position, don't come near me. I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. I don't know if it's the stripes. I don't know if it's the dainty hands. I, I just, I don't like those trash pandas, okay? And, and, and this thing popped out of the dumpster and it's staring at me and I just, yeah, uh, I do like this, yeah, I'm, yeah, you know, I freeze and I just, I got trash and I just kind of chuck it at it and I hit it and he falls back in and in this trash, I just like, yeah, and I just do like, I throw it and I'm sorry, earth, I left it on the ground. Dumpster guy, he's trash guy's coming tomorrow. We'll be fine. But then I do like this, this like, you know, the speed walker thing. I'm like, uh, uh, on my way back to, to our apartment. And I get in and I'm ready and I'm ready to tell my wife. But, but this is the part that I left out. And out of the last 10 times that I've told the story, I leave this part out. The reason I took the trash out later at night was because my wife and I had just gotten into an argument. I was being rude, I was being stubborn, I said some hurtful things, and I don't like conflict, so I was just like, I'm gonna take the trash out, get out of here, right, for, for a minute, clear my head, come back, right? And so I left, got out of the house to take the trash out. And I come back in and I'm ready to tell her about this near-death experience with Satan's puppy, and I don't know how to approach it. I'm like, do I tell her? Like, do I not? Because before I took the trash out, I was trashing my wife. She doesn't want to hear anything from me right now. You know what I mean? So how do I, how do I right, you know? And I, and I always leave that part out of the story because here's the thing. I don't like to share that part of it. That's not fun, right? As Sue mentioned a few weeks ago, we don't like to share the bad stuff, right? We're not posting that stuff. We're not telling that story. We don't like to get real. We don't like to, to be honest and get a little vulnerable. But, but this weekend, I want us to, to be honest about where we're at relationally. Not, not with our marital relationships or whatever, but just with people. Because if we're all being honest, we're a little lonely. We need community. We, as, as a people, I and you desperately need community. The stats tell us 20% of us don't feel close to people and feel like we have no one to talk to. 
25% of us feel like no one understands us. 40% of us feel like the relationships we do have, they're not really that meaningful, and we still at times feel isolated. 50% of Americans report feeling lonely or missing out at some point. The former U.S. general surgeon reported that in all of his years of service to different patients, the most common pathology that they found was not heart disease or diabetes, it was loneliness. And over the last 50 years, rates of loneliness have nearly doubled. And these are all statistics from before COVID, from before a pandemic, when we were inside of our house, quarantined from our friends and family, where we could only see half of our friends' faces. We couldn't even hug our loved ones. So I can imagine that we're a little lonely. If we're being honest, we're lonely and we need community. As Bill Withers so famously sang it, right? We all need Somebody, come on, to lean on. There you go. You guys sound good. Come on, y'all sound great this morning. And in Acts 2, we get this picture of what it looks like to have somebody to lean on, or what it looks like to have a good community. We get, we get this model, right, of community. You see the disciples, this is post-Jesus. Jesus died, resurrected, and ascended to heaven. He's left them with each other, the Holy Spirit, and a mission to go spread the word. So these Christians, they, they were then probably known as followers of the way, not like Mandalorian for my Star Wars fans, but they would have been known as followers of the way, right? And, and, and they're together, and, and this is their first church, right? And they they give us the blueprint for community. This is what it says in Acts 2, starting in verse 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had a need. Day by day, Attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all of the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The early church and River Glen will die on the hill. That spiritual transformation happens best through faith-building friendships. Spiritual transformations happen best through faith-building friendships. We value together. We value community. We value friendships and, and, and this fellowship that we see in the early church. I, I saw this quote that said, lone wolves die, smart ones don't. Be smart, right? Like, like yeah, let's be smart. I don't want to be a lone wolf, right? I, I don't, I don't want to die, right? If that's how it works, right? Lone wolves die, be smart. So I want us all to, to, to be smart. I want us to, to find right, a, a wolf pack of sorts, right? And I know. I know it's difficult. It's hard to, to find a community, to, to find people that you can have this, this deep relationship. I understand that it's difficult, but I want to show you why this is so important to us and how we can, can hopefully help you get connected, find community, and, and, and find what we see here in Acts 2. And as we zoom in on this early church, we see the pinnacle of community. We see like the, the epitome of a squad, right? Like this is the ultimate friend group. The word that's used here is the word koinonia. Koinonia, it means this, this fellowship, this, this deep, intimate connection between people where, where, where you're giving something, you're receiving something, right? You're all in this together. It's deep, it's intimate, it's raw, it's real. That's koinonia. 
And so we want to be like this, this church engine uh, that we have, right? There, there, there's so many different facets to how we can find community, whether it's serving together, being in groups, meeting in homes, or, or, or coming to services and, and worshiping together, right? And this is all for us to come closer to God, grow closer to one another so that we can, we can better love our ones, we can better, right, go serve our community. This is the engine. This is the, the Koinonia engine, the engine that runs our church. We want, we should be striving for koinonia, not just with God, yes, but also with one another. And so in Acts, we see the church, we see the early church doing some things that we want to model after. We first see a community hungry for God, a community hungry for God, right? It says that they were devoted to teachings and to fellowship. Daily, they were going to the temple day by day. They were getting together, studying God's word, growing in faith. They were hungry for that. That was their passion. That was their heart's deepest desire. When I was in, in high school, my, my high school shared a campus with a really small uh, Bible college, and they had their calf on our campus. And so senior year, every Tuesday, the seniors got to go eat in the calf. And me and my buddies, right, all our friends from, you know, football, baseball team, we'd all get together, and we'd, and we'd, and we'd sit at this table, and we would just crush food. Like, this was our goal. We, we called ourselves the FMT, the fat man table, and we would just destroy food. I'm talking pizza, sandwiches, ice cream, bread bowls with no soup in it. Like we're just, we're just grabbing everything we can. We're 17. We don't know what we're doing. We're like, this is amazing. College is going to be awesome. You know? And we're like, so that was our pact. We're like, if you sit here, you have to destroy food. Okay. And we had this friend, his name was Dylan. And Dylan was, you know, he was on a football team and a wrestling team, but he was like significantly smaller than a lot of the other guys. So we kind of joked with Dylan. We're like, hey bro, you got to kind of you got to kind of prove, you know what I mean? You got to earn your seat, you know what I mean? You got to prove that, you know, maybe not externally, but internally you belong at the fat man table. And so Dylan, every Tuesday, would eat a salad that consisted of a giant bowl of croutons with a ton of ranch drizzled all over it. No lettuce, like croutons and ranch. I'm talking, it looked like a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. That boy was eating a salad, right? That was the FMT honorary salad. But that was our mission when we got together. We were like, yo, we're together. We're going to eat food, right? We'd start going out on Fridays. We'd hang out right after a football game. We'd get together, and that was our mission. And can you imagine what your life would look like, what, what, what community, what the church would look like if when we got together, we had a pact, not, not hungry for, for food, but hungry for God. If we were hungry for more knowledge, if we were, we were hungry for more wisdom, if we, if we were hungry to, to understand this book and well, what does this thing even mean and, and what does this mean for my life, I want to I get the answers to my questions. What if we were a community hungry for God? To be with people also wrestling with the same doubts and questions and, and struggles and curiosities as us. That's why we have groups like, like Alpha and, and Rooted, opportunities for you to dive into Scripture, to ask the big faith questions, to wrestle with your doubts, with other people going through the same thing, to practice being in the Word daily, to be with community that will build you up, that will challenge you. I know I'm so blessed by, by my community. We, we joined a life group and we've, we've, we're new, we're fresh, but, but the community that we have with, you know, my wife and uh, my wife Kaylee and, and Morgan and Mary, Ellie, Drew, Kristen, Sam, Heather, and, and everyone's favorite in the group, Micah, uh, who just turned one. Uh, he's, he's clearly a favorite in our group. But we've got this new community and, and, we're, and, and, and we're hanging out and we're, and we're figuring out what it looks like and, and, and we're studying God's word, right? And, and it's new, but, but we're hungry, for God, and I want to encourage you, that's what, that's what life groups are for. That's what, that's what rooted, that's what these groups are for. 
Are you hungry for God? Are you searching for more? But I love that the disciples, they didn't stop there. Right? They didn't keep it to themselves because they were also a community humbled to serve. A community humbled to serve, right? All throughout Acts and, in, and specifically in this passage, we see them selling their possessions. We see them giving to the needs of the people in their community. They're serving. They're loving the people, right? They're selling possessions. They're performing signs and wonders. They're, they're tuning their heart to the, to the need of the community, and as Ben talked about last week, sometimes we can become so inner focused, right? When we come here, right? We can become so inner focused that we lose sight, that we forget about the ones in our lives who, who need the message of Jesus. And this word koinonia, while it means community, it's also used elsewhere in scripture. It's used here in, in Romans 15, 26. It says this, for Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. I didn't see the word fellowship or community or together, right? It's the word contribution. The, the word contribution that's used here is the same word koinonia that's used for community, that's used for fellowship elsewhere. And so that means that to be in community is to contribute. To, to contribute in community, they go together. To be in a community that serves is the identity of koinonia. That's what it looks like for us to belong in community. And we die on this hill. Because we believe that, uh, that you have an opportunity to serve and, and to step into your role that God has invited all of us to, to take part in his great story, his great plan of redemption to the world. And not only do we join him in that, but we also get to build deep relationships with others as we serve alongside them. I mean, what, what would this look like if we were a community that, that valued community and serving with one another? What, what would this look like if we were a community that didn't view church as this buffet where we can come fill our heads and, and our stomachs, but rather fill our hearts to overflow into the community so that we could gather and be sent out? What if we were known for serving? What if we were known for loving? What, what if we weren't known for being exclusive, but we were known for, for loving our ones? What if we weren't known for our pride, but for our humility? What if the church, not just this church, but Christians across the globe, were not known for their judgmental words or glances? but for their love for the community, for being the hands, the feet, and the voice of Jesus in the people around us, hearing the struggling cries of our brothers and sisters across this country and saying, this breaks my heart too. What if that was our burden? What if we were known for loving people? What if we were known for serving people? Come on, I'm telling you, we would be a force to be reckoned with. This church, we'd have to tear down walls. We'd have to build new buildings. We would be loving and seeing life change in Waukesha, Pewaukee, across the state, across the country, Kenya, Haiti, Panama, and beyond. I'm telling you, we would see God do things that we'd never even dreamed possible. What if we believed for ourselves that God's not done? What if we believe for our church that, that, that the best is yet to come, that he's got more in store? I believe that it starts with us coming together. It starts with us saying, hey, we're going to be united. We're going to come together and we're going to serve. We're going to contribute to the community. And I've built amazing relationships through serving. Some of my deepest friendships that I have have come through serving here in this place. This, this is my friend Andrew. 
That's him in the green shirt. That's us rocking our Jesus socks. No big deal. Uh, but Andrew and I, we built a friendship from serving with the students. And, and Andrew has showed up uh, every single time that my wife and I have moved. And he's there first and he leaves last, last and he sweats profusely while moving our stuff. But the dude is committed. He works harder than I do, right? Sometimes I'm like, I should probably help him with that. But he's got like a couch on his back. But the dude is committed. This is my friend Ellie. Her and I also met through, through serving. And not only does she, does she sometimes just bring me copious amounts of coffee when I definitely don't need any more, but, but this one time my sister was in town and Ellie took her out to Milwaukee and, and hung out with her because I had to go to work. And she's like, well, she shouldn't you know, sit at the house. I'll take her out for the day, you know, and, and hang out with her. And on Christmas this last year, Ellie drove my wife and I to the airport Christmas morning at 5 a.m. so that we could make our flight to San Diego to visit my family. And, and, and this right here, this is, this is my man Scott. There's Morgan, our, our worship pastor, and that's my man, Scott. Scott's been cutting my hair. Uh, so if you like it, let me know. If you don't, don't let me know. Uh, but Scott, Scott's been cutting my hair, and, and I've met Scott through his daughters, Abby and Sarah. They, they work at the cafe, and, and the first time I preached here, uh, they, I got coffee, you know, right before I came, and, and, they, and they made me my coffee, and I built a relationship with them. And, and now one of them serves at our, at our high school ministry, and, and Scott and I have developed a friendship. And not only does he do a good haircut, he makes mean barbecue, he can sing a good Barry Manilow, and this is relationships that have all come from serving. And I didn't even mention my friend Carson, who's helped me with, with my car every time there's an issue or my friend Brooke who lets me know when there's Lululemon discounts because I can't actually afford it or, or even how my relationship with my wife has deepened from serving Jesus together. I'm telling you, you will find community. You will find relationships when you get on mission, when you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join the mission. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join a team. And so I want to challenge you to join a team. Whatever it looks like for you, wherever your gifts are at. Maybe you want to be on stage. Maybe you want to be right, uh, not on stage at all and you're like, put me in the booth or somewhere. Let me, let me hang out with the kids. I'll serve coffee, whatever it is. Maybe there isn't a job for you right now. Let me know your gifts. We'll make up a job. I don't know if we can do that, but we'll figure it out. We want to find a place for you to serve, to get connected here, to serve and be a part of what God is doing and build relationships with others. Because the only thing that's scarier, right, than a lone wolf is a pack of wolves. And I believe that the enemy is afraid of our community. The enemy is afraid of unity. So let's get together. Let's serve. Let's join a team. We also see the disciples doing something very simple. It says they were, they were eating in their homes. That's it. You know what that implies? That, that, that implies the simple things. They were just doing the simple things. They, they were hanging out. They were... Uh, they were, a, number three, they were a community hinged upon love. That's what love is. Love is the simple things, right? <laughs> See, they're not just getting together to study or, or to worship. They're just hanging out. <laughs> Like friends, like they're just, they're just doing life like with, you know, with each other, right? And, and for me, like this, my excitement, when, when, I, when we got engaged, my wife and I, you know what I was most excited for, for, for marriage? It was, it was the little things. It was the simple things. It was, it was have, making breakfast together. It was grocery shopping. It was late night target runs. It was, you know, hey, can this be dried or does it need to be hung? It was, you know, Saturday chore days where I get in trouble for watching college football and not, you know, doing the chore. But that's what I was excited for was the little things because those little things, the simple things, that's love. That's what love is. Love is, is, is brushing your teeth next to somebody. Love is, is eating ice cream, staying up late, binging a TV show. Love's just being there for people. That's it. That's simple. And that's what we see the disciples doing. 
We see the disciples staying up, having late night talks, having bonfires, drinking wine, playing Uno. They're, 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 they're pouring their heart out. They're sharing their dreams, sharing their vision. They're carrying each other's burdens and they're celebrating each other's wins. That's love. To, to, to carry each other's burdens and to celebrate each other's wins. To go through life together. That's what we see the disciples doing. This is, let me show you, this is what love looks like. So Morgan's got some stuff going on, right? And, and I'm looking pretty good right now. And I can say, hey, bro, I, I know you've been going through some stuff. You look, you look pretty rough, man. But hey, bring it in. I'm here for you. I got you, man. You let me know if you need anything. You give me a call, text me. Kaylee and I were there for you. Let me know, bro. I'm praying for you. And oh, man, I, I, I'm going to carry some of that. You know what I mean? And, and then Caden's got some other stuff going on too. And, and his stuff may actually be good. You know what I mean? Like, hey, things are looking pretty bright for you, bro. You know, like, let me celebrate with you. Bring it in, man. Let's go. Come on. Bring it in. Yeah, dude, I want to celebrate with you. I'm excited for you. God's doing some amazing things. And this is what community starts to look like when we can say, hey, hey I'm going to carry burdens. I'm going to celebrate wins. And, and, and then Andrew, he's also got some stuff. And I'm like, dude, hey, man, we're praying for you. I got you. Whatever you need, you give me a call, all right? It's going to be all right. And this, this is the picture that we get for community to say if someone's hurting, I'm hurting. If someone's celebrating, I'm celebrating. Come on, this is what community looks like to say we're, we're in this together. We're going to carry burdens. We're going to celebrate wins. Unity might be messy. Love might be outside of the lines, but it's still this colorful, beautiful mess of artwork that God has called us to be in together. That's what he's asking us, to just be in community, to love one another, to carry burdens and to celebrate wins. Come on, thank, thank my guys for coming out here. This is it. This is koinonia. This is why groups matter. Because you get to encounter the tangible love of God through his greatest creation, people. You. You get, you, get to, you get to release something. You get to get your burdens carried. You get to hand something over. You get people you trust. And you also have maybe a little bit required to contribute and, and love some people and carry some things. Right? This is the beautiful mess that is family. Say, man, I'm, I'm just going to be there. And I know this is really difficult. It's hard to be honest. Right? Like these guys and say, dude, I got some stuff going on. And I need somebody to carry it. I need somebody to lean on. And I know it's hard to sometimes, you know, say, hey, all right, I, I can do that. Uh, my plain, you know, clean Christian life t-shirt, I've got some room. Can any of us say, I got some room to love somebody. I got some room to carry some burdens. I got some room to get in community and celebrate with some people. I got some room. If you're hurting, I'm hurting. This is love. To be in community to love one another. And this is why we have active groups every summer. Because it's just a way for you to meet people. It's just a way for you to do the simple things in life together, whether you just want to hang out around a bonfire or whether you want to play pickleball, whatever that is, right? Like we've got opportunities for you to just build relationships, to be in a loving community. And from there, maybe a life group's formed, maybe deep conversations are had, maybe you're, you're pouring out your heart to these people, but it starts by just building a relationship. I promise. 
if you find yourself in community, if you can, if you can, if you can take that bold step and, and, and look for community and join some sort of group, you will experience the love of God in a tangible, joyful, beautiful, messy, and vibrant way. Lastly, how we're going to kind of close this weekend is, is, is we see the disciples, we see a community that was honored to worship. We see a community honored to worship. See, it said that day by day, right, they, they, they were gathering together and they were praising God. They, they were celebrating, they were, they were worshiping. We do this every single week, whether it's worshiping here in, in services through a message or through, through singing praises, whether it's, it's, it's worshiping God through community in the lobby, drinking coffee or hanging out, whatever it is. We do this every week because of the example that was set by the disciples. And maybe, maybe real quick, I, w- I want to talk to my online community. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're, you're online and, and we're so grateful that we have the resources to be able to connect with you and provide a community for you. And I'm so glad. And, and if you're not able to, to make it in person, you know, we're just so glad that, that, that we can be there, be a community for you. But, but maybe you started going online and, and, and now it's, you know, time where you could come back, but maybe you've gotten a little comfortable, right? I, I know I was there. You know what I mean? I was like, it's kind of nice watching church in, in my pajamas, you know, like, and I get it, you know, but I want, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to, to come back. Come back on a weekend. Come back and, and worship with us as one body. Come join us. And if you see me here in the lobby, I want you to grab me and I'll buy you a coffee. And I'd love to get to know you and talk to you. Or if you're, you're going to our Pewaukee campus, right, we'll have our team there. And they'd love to meet with you and connect with you. But we want to challenge you to come back because there's something so powerful. When we can come here every week. And worship God and, and be united together. But you see, it's not just about us coming here. Like this isn't it. You know that, right? It doesn't stop here. Like this thing isn't just a thing that I do on Sundays. This thing is, is the starting point that is to send us out into the community so that we can love those around us, so that we can go after the lost, so that we can be Jesus to the people around us. This is where we unite and we get sent out. We are united here and sent out here. When I first got on, got on uh, staff here, we, we started, you know, brainstorming our student ministry and, and some new things we wanted to implement and casting vision for, for some changes that we believed, you know, you know God was leading. And, and one of those things was, was changing the name. It was a, it was a simple thing, and, but we just felt that this word unite just kept coming up. And, and we changed our high school ministry to, to unite. And, and, and this came from a text in John. It's John 17, starting in verse 20, and it comes from a prayer that Jesus prayed for his disciples, for, for us, I believe. It says this, John 17, verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through the word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you've sent me. The glory that you've given me, I've given to them, that they may be one as we are one, I and them, you and me, that they may be perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them as you loved me. We become united for the sake of the world. We become united, right? We are only as effective in the world as we are united in the church. 
We're only as effective in the world as we are united in the church. And so this, this is our starting point for us to come together with our, with our, with our broken, messy lives and say, God, we're going to become one. We're going to become united in this place through our worship, through our gathering together in a large group. And unity happens. God, God meets us here. He says, I'm going to bring unity. And, and this, is, this is power, right? Unity is power. And we're not just doing something innovative, right? Like we didn't come up with this. We get the example from God himself who is three in one, Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit. We get the example from, from Adam and Eve who, who became one in Genesis. We get the example from the 12 tribes of Israel, from the 12 uh, disciples. This is just something that we believe is powerful as we've seen throughout Scripture that unity matters. And we join every time we worship, every time we gather, we join with the angels and the saints and the people who've gone before us to worship God, become united. This is what Ecclesiastes says in Ecclesiastes 4. I love this. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. When we worship, we become united. When we worship, we become stronger. When we worship, we become not quickly broken. The things of this world, the troubles and the suffering in this world, the pain in our own life, the, 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 the mess that is us, becomes united as one, becomes powerful. And in this moment, God says, you're not quickly broken. You're not going to be easily swayed. You're not going to be moved except by my power. And we worship together the God of koinonia, the God of inclusivity, the God of love, the God of unity, the God of power. And when we do this together, I promise you, we'll see things change. This is what it looks like to be in community to come together, to worship God and be sent out into the world. So may our praise, may our cries, may, may, may our pain be what unites us. But please may it not stop here. Because there is a dying, suffering world waiting for people like us who say we are united and we have the answer and the answer is Jesus. I don't know much about him, but I'd love to show you. I, I, I don't know much about him, but I'd love to invite you over for a bonfire and some food and drinks and we hang out and we'll, and we'll chat. This is what it looks like. So let's die on the hill of community. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, we recognize that, that, that unity comes from you. And so God, we... We, we want to praise you and we want to thank you for the example that you've set. God, that, that unity is, is beautiful and messy and it's powerful and sometimes it's painful. But in your name, God, we will come together. 
And so, God, we, we, we pray that in this moment that you'd meet us here, that in our songs, God, that we, that we would declare that we're not alone in this life, that we have people who will walk alongside us, God, if we take that bold step. And, God, that we have you standing through the midst of it all, standing through the fire with us. God, we're not alone. We have koinonia with you. God, I want to pray specifically for anyone here this weekend joining us in person, online, wherever. God, if they're struggling this weekend, if they're feeling just a little bit alone, God, I pray that one, you would just wrap them in your arms. That they would be overwhelmed by a sense of love, a sense of joy, and a sense of peace. God, would they know that, that they're not alone. And God, would you... Would you easily provide community to them? Would you show them that there are people here who want to walk alongside them, who want to challenge them, who want to serve with them, who, who want to love them, who want to carry their burdens, who want to celebrate their wins? God, in this moment, we honor you. We worship you. We ask that you'd unite us. And God, the bold, scary prayer that you would send us in Jesus' name.